Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, do we have a dumb amount of news to get into today regarding the NFL, some free agency news, some contract extension news, and Tom Brady is returning to the NFL. And yes, this is not a this is not a joke. This is not like a fake alarm. Tom Brady is actually returning to the NFL. We will dive back in a little deep into why he's coming back into the NFL and so forth. But before we do dive into today's segment, guys, I want to ask you all to please make sure that you follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. Link will be in the description down below as always. And guys, let's get right into today's episode. And before we do begin, let's always, as you all know, we always start off with some college football news. And we actually do have some pretty entertaining news. It's not like groundbreaking it's not you know the biggest news we'll ever get but like i told y'all it will eventually be coming i promise you just gotta wait a little bit until spring ball gets started until some more recruiting news gets started until we see a lot of these new freshmen on campus uh, i was watching some um, highlights on instagram and i was seeing kate klubnik uh westlake high school um down in austin texas their starting quarterback who's going to clemson and he's looked really good him and dj I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, no offense, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to butcher it that bad, but, you know, they're going to be battling for the number one position, and it definitely looks to seem, it actually looks to, it actually looks like it could be a real competition between the two, and it won't just be a simple, oh, Cade is going to automatically get it because DJ had a bad 2021 season. As we all know, DJ, he obviously last year was really rough did not look like the 2020 version we saw when he did take over for trevor lawrence when he got injured especially the game against notre dame even though clemson did lose that game the regular season game against notre dame he still looked fantastic i still saw we we all saw the potential that we saw when he was playing at st john bosco in california so I hope DJ does come back this year. I do expect him to at least get the starting nod for the at least the beginning part of the season unless something bad happens. He has a bad game against like Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, or some not really that great school. And then obviously the reins get handed right over to Cade. So that wasn't really news, but I kind of just want to talk about that because I think that really is going to be interesting to see that situation and Clemson considering there's three quarterbacks that easily could all be starters somewhere in college football. So... That's definitely going to be interesting to see how that progresses. Now, for the first news, is going to be regarding transfer quarterback JT Daniels. In case you don't know who JT is, he is from the California area. He was he 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 did he played football at Modern Day High School, five-star recruit. You know, the golden California boy that everyone wants, highly recruited out of uh, high school, and he originally committed to USC. Now we thought, okay, it's going to be like the next Matt Barkley who you know, committed to USC from modern day. Didn't really have a successful um, NFL career, but was really great in college. Complete 360. Had a great freshman year back in 2018. Got injured in 2019. Transferred to Georgia in 2020. Pretty much didn't really play at all. He was sitting behind Stetson Bennett. He got injured. You know, that's kind of like, okay, you're starting to see the reins transfer here. And he started the beginning of the season against Clemson, did pretty, I'd say pretty well. It was a low-scoring affair, but, you know, once again, that was showing the incredible talent that Georgia possessed, especially beating a tough team that we all thought in Clemson, who Clemson obviously had a rough year this past year, but rebounded towards the end of the year. And JT just 
for some reason just was not starting no more for the Bulldogs. He just kind of just evaporated into thin air, and Stetson took over, and Stetson did pretty good. I mean, there was games. I remember watching the Kentucky game that first half. There was a lot of questionable throws and questionable decisions from Stetson Bennett, which has always kind of been his issue. Athleticism has always been there, but when it comes down to making those hard throws and making the right decisions, he has struggled at moments, but ultimately in that second half he came back and ran over the Wildcats, who presumably thought that that would be the team that could upset the Bulldogs in Athens. But, you know, and then at the end of the season, JT announced that he would be transferring, which not really shocking considering Kirby never really gave him a fair chance in Athens because we all saw the talent in JT. I know Bulldogs fans really love JT and the fact that he chose to go to Georgia over schools like LSU, UCLA, and all those other ones. But once again, he has decided to re-enter his name into the transfer portal, and it is looking like his final three will be between, and yes, when I say this, this is actually his final three. Oregon State, West Virginia, and Missouri. Apparently, when he went to go visit Oregon State, he really loved the the kind of the message that they gave him, the environment up in Corvallis. I personally, I mean, hey, if he loves it up there and he has a great season, then I mean, <laughs> if he has okay, if he goes to Oregon State and he plays absolutely fantastic, you know, the JT Daniels five-star quarterback from modern day, like we all knew him to be. Oregon State could be an actual dark horse to win the Pac-12 and could possibly beat teams like UCLA and USC, which are getting highly amped up considering they've gotten a lot of transfer portal and recruits. So definitely keep something to keep your eye out on. West Virginia is in this mix because his former um, offensive coordinator at USC, Graham Harrell, is the current offensive coordinator at West Virginia. In Missouri, I think it's more of just wanting to stay in the SEC and the fact that Missouri did not get Jaden Daniels, who ultimately went, who ultimately ended up going to LSU. Obviously, Missouri needs a starting quarterback as their starting quarterback transferred out. So I definitely expect Oregon State and West Virginia to be the top two. Missouri's kind of a kind of a fallback if Oregon State fails. West Virginia, he just doesn't really like the environment, which I mean, I don't think anyone doesn't like the environment up in West Virginia, but just in case, Missouri's there. So that is his final three for the star quarterback. It is Oregon State, West Virginia, and Missouri. Now, the breaking news for the college football side, and this is actually groundbreaking news if this is deemed true, and this is actually not just a rumor. So before we do get into this, I want to make sure everyone understands this is just a rumor. And it, no, actually, it's it's a rumor, but it's not a rumor. But it's a rumor because it's coming from sources, but there's nothing official that's come out yet. So it's like it's like a 50-50. But the report that has been coming out is that apparently a 2023 five-star recruit was given an $8 million NIL deal. Now, most people are believing it's Nico Ayamaleva, the quarterback that everyone is wanting right now for some reason over Arch Manning. I think he's good. I've seen him. I've seen his highlights. He's a great deep ball thrower. He has great, great vision in the field. But apparently he has been given a $8 million NIL deal that obviously won't be given just in a year, but it'll be spanned $2 million a year plus whatever else. This is huge because I know the NCAA, if this actually is, if this actually becomes true and this becomes reality, I know the NCAA is going to jump on this in a heartbeat and they are not going to let you know this happened to where some of these kids are making more money than actual NCA higher ups so this is huge for the NCA for the um 
NCAA football landscape as a whole because this could also bring a lot of legislation and a lot more um, regulations when it comes to NIL deals and like setting boundaries for how much some of these players can make. So this, <laughs> this is huge. Now for the final news for college football, it's regarding former TCU cornerback and former uh, Minnesota Vikings 2020 first-round pick Jeff Gladney, who I personally know. Not like personally know, but I personally know him from obviously being a TCU fan, and I saw him when he was in college. Great ball player, great corner, constantly is aggressive, just full effort. But um, he had been um, he he got he was he was sued last year for um, I think it was domestic violence, domestic violence and domestic assault charges against his um ex girlfriend, and he eventually would later be on he would later be released from the Minnesota Vikings. And then would ultimately end up practically being blackballed by the league, where he just could not come back at all. But it was announced on Friday that he was not guilty of any charges. He was found guilty on any. He was he was completely clean. So I this this is great news, and there's actually another good. There's some more good news like this that's coming up on the NFL portion of today's segment. But I'm absolutely glad to know that Jeff will be able to get back into the NFL, considering that he was deemed innocent legally. Now, if this was a whole kind of scam to get money out of him, this was that's just, I don't understand why people do that. But my boy Jeff, he is free. Jeff, he is free. He's going to be back in the NFL. I promise you, definitely will be a cheap option for a lot of NFL teams that could possibly be a great number two corner on that roster. So, guys, that is it for the college football side of today's episode. Once again, I am so sorry, guys. I'm not able to give you all that much um, college football news. There's just absolutely nothing going on until spring ball comes up in the next few weeks. Now, guys, let's get into the NFL news. And boy, oh, <laughs> boy, oh, boy, do we have news. Now, as you all know, today, Monday the 14th, is the day that free agency legal tampering period begins, which I'm recording this on Sunday, but y'all will probably be listening to this on Monday or another day after so we will get into a lot of the free agent signings on Wednesday's episode but for right now we'll be discussing some of the contract extensions we've gotten and guys in the first news we have it's regarding Max Crosby and the Las Vegas Raiders both sides have agreed on a four-year 98.98 million dollar contract extension with 50 million plus guaranteed this is absolutely huge for Max Crosby as he signed this contract extension on his two-year sobriety anniversary. So congratulations to Max on being two years sober and also signing this huge contract extension. And I mean, he is a stud. I remember watching him come out, coming out of Eastern Michigan, and I would always see his um, highlight tape on YouTube. And I'm like, how is this guy not being projected to be a second to third round pick or even higher? Because, I mean, he had talent. He was, I mean, he was just a stud at Eastern Michigan. So... Congratulations to Max. The next contract extension we have is between the Dallas Cowboys and wide receiver Michael Gallup. They have agreed on a five-year, $62.5 million contract extension. This was bound to happen. We just didn't know how much. And I honestly think Dallas really did do good in this contract extension, considering that they didn't have to give up $15 million plus, you know, $18 million, almost $20 million to keep Michael, so they'll be keeping him for about $12 million a season, which I think is fantastic. It's a great deal. It's a great long-term deal that keeps Michael in um, Dallas, obviously. And I mean, I personally, I love Michael. I loved him when he was coming out of Colorado State and when we chose him back in 2018. So great job, Jerry, for finally making a good, you know, deal happen. 
Now, as we get on later into the podcast, you'll definitely see the bad move that Jerry did. But this was on. This was one of the better ones, and kind of some good news for my Dallas Cowboy fans. Now, the next contract extension we have it is between the Arizona Cardinals and tight end Zach Ertz. They both sides have agreed on a three-year contract extension that will pay Zach over ten million dollars a season. I personally think this is great for Arizona because. Max Williams just continues to get injured and has no consistency and is constantly in and out of the starting lineup. And, I mean, he's good when he plays. I wouldn't say he's anything special when he plays. He's probably more borderline average. So getting a guy like Zach Ertz for $10 million a season who has proven that he can play consistently in the NFL and play at a consistent high level is great for the Cardinals who need something like that at the tight end position. So that is absolutely fantastic. Um, The next Kind of, it's a restructured contract, but the New York Giants and wide receiver Sterling Shepard have agreed to a restructured contract to keep Sterling in New York. Um, this is fantastic for both sides. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping Sterling didn't actually go down to $1 million a season because I think he's definitely worth 3 to 4 But it's definitely good because New York keeps one of their best slot receivers besides Kadarius Toney if you know Brian Dable actually uses him this year obviously Brian Dable wasn't in New York last year but I'm hoping he does use Kadarius because Kadarius is absolutely fantastic but it's good they're gonna at least can at least have Sterling back and I know Sterling's always had a past of injuries and, and that's kind of been every Giants giant fans fear is like will Sterling be injured again this year or will he have a near Pro Bowl season so hopefully and I'm hoping for you Giant fans that he will have a near Pro Bowl season. So now, guys, that is it for the contract extensions, at least for um, the past weekend going into Friday. Now, I feel, and I'm sorry, guys, I wasn't able to give it to you on Friday because literally as I had uploaded the podcast um, uh, on on Tuesday, on, no, not Tuesday. Why must I'm, why would I, why, <laughs> why would I make the podcast on Tuesday for Friday? No, I'm sorry, guys. When I made the podcast on Thursday afternoon and uploaded it, it seemed like everything was dry, and I know a lot of YouTubers and a lot of other fellow podcasters kind of were like, okay, hopefully news dies down a little bit before we do get into next week, which is obviously going to be huge as the new league year starts, I think, on Friday. So, But no, it was a complete 360, and when I say 360, I mean a 360 because we had all those contract extensions this weekend and on Friday. And then we also have a lot of releases, so let's get right into that. So the Washington Commanders have released safety Landon Collins. This one really isn't shocking. Landon is getting paid dang near $12 million, I think, a year, which he's nowhere near that good anymore. I don't think he ever was really worth it when they signed that, when they gave him that six-year, 80-something million dollar contract back in like 2019 when, when they were still the Washington Redskins. Um, Landon was great when he was in New York. He was great when he was at Alabama. But I just don't ever think he was worthy of a six-year, $80 million contract when he only, I think, I don't even think he had been to a Pro Bowl yet. So nothing less. This was a cap move to obviously allow a lot more cap space. It also allowed them to take on Carson Wentz's contract, who they traded for. So that also is good news for them. Now the next news we have, it's regarding the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm so glad we got we released this one player the, Cow- the Dallas Cowboys are releasing tight end Blake Jarwin and, Gre- and kicker Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline was amazing when he was with the Rams. I loved the signing when, he- when we signed him a couple years back after he, you know, the Rams didn't sign him again. He was decent in 2020. Uh, as we all know, 2021, he completely just just lopsided. I mean, he I think he missed like five to six extra points in a row, which 
if you're in the NFL, you can't do that. I mean, you're getting paid like a million to two million dollars a year, and for a kicker, that's a huge size contract. So I mean, if when you when you when you're getting a contract that size, which is up there to guys like Justin Tucker and all those other great NFL kickers, and you're missing six extra points in a row, just not a good look. So unfortunately, it was time we moved on from Greg Zerline. Uh, Blake Jarwin, I think, was more strictly just the cap situation. Not that we didn't want to keep him, but he he has been injured. I, I mean, with us also franchise tagging um, Dalton Schultz, it really made no sense to keep Blake around because we were going to have to pick either one. So we ultimately ended up keeping the healthy option. Blake is still a great tight end. Maybe we might see him back on the practice squad later on this year. Who knows? He's definitely going to get picked up somewhere. They did place him on injured waivers, so that is something to also look out for. Now, the next news we have is the Chicago Bears are releasing running back Tariq Cohen. Personally, this one hurts my heart as I love the underdog story that comes with Tariq Cohen, kind of always being underestimated as an undrafted um, free agent coming out of college and then literally exploding for the Bears. I remember when they played the Falcons back in, I think it was tw uh, the 2017 season. I mean, he was just fantastic, and then slowly started kind of deteriorating, having a lot of injury issues, and just not kind of his role was starting to get depleted with the Bears. But definitely an underrated kind of Darren Sproles-esque back for any NFL team that really needs one. I mean, he'll definitely be a cheap option. I'd probably say one to two million a year at most. So definitely something to watch out for. The next uh, the next release we have is the Las Vegas Raiders and, and linebacker Corey Littleton. They are releasing Corey pretty much not because of skill-wise, but simply the huge contract they gave him when he had those great seasons with the Rams. Uh, Corey was good. Corey had moments where he genuinely showed that he was worth that huge contract the Raiders gave him two years ago, but the Raiders are trying to move cap around. They're trying to be able to go, go out and go get some of these high-named free agents that they desperately need if they want to make a push. You know, if they keep Derek Carr, they're going to want to be able to get him some weapons. If not, they're going to want to be able to, you know, get caps so they can go trade for a quarterback, possibly Jimmy G, you know, something like that. But it was it was definitely expected. Um, the Cleveland Browns are expected to release wide receiver Jarvis Landry. We saw this coming weeks ago. Both sides are kind of already like, okay, it's time to move on from the whole OBJ and Jarvis experiment. It's kind of sad to see because I really thought the fact having Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on the same team was would be unstoppable. And Jarvis was good with the Browns. Don't even get me wrong. Jarvis was fantastic. I think the four years he was with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he put up a couple thousand-yard seasons. He put up, I think, two to three Pro Bowls. I mean, he was a good receiver with the Browns. I think just with his current cap and the fact that Cleveland really doesn't need him anymore – it, it kind of just put both teams at odds at like, okay, we're not going to give you $13 million a season when we're going to end up trading you or releasing you in a year or two from now. So that ultimately kind of was expected. But, yes, Jarvis Landry will be on the free agent market and definitely expect half of the league to be going after him because a lot of teams are needing guys with that type of utility skill set that Jarvis Landry will bring to your wide receiver room. Now the next news we have is the um, Chicago Bears. They have released defensive tackle Eddie Goldman after failing to trade him to another team. So, I mean, it just seems like the Bears are in full re rebuild mode now. I mean, as we get into some of the trade news that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it just seems like the Bears are kind of like, okay, we need to just sell the whole 
franchise away and try and get what we can while we're still able to get some value for these players. The next news we have is regarding the Detroit Lions. They're releasing defensive end Trey Flowers. Not shocking because Trey is like an, is like another Corey Littleton and just it, it, he had a huge contract after having a couple good career years with New England and then ultimately he played average football for a couple years with the Lions. I wouldn't say he was horrible. He definitely wasn't horrible, but he just played pretty much just average football. So that is it for the releasing side of the NFL and some of the free agent news. And, yes, guys, I mean, this this year's free agency is going to be insane, whether it's on the trading side or whether it's actually the signing side. It is going to be insane, the amount of players with great skill sets. I mean, Trey Flowers can easily – flourish in a system that's good for him now yes playing for <laughs> playing for you know Patricia was probably wasn't the best situation for him even though that was his defensive coordinator in New England we all saw how bad Patricia was as a head coach but whether or not you know we'll, we'll just see how that goes so now guys let's get into the trades that have been made um and kind of some of the trade requests that have been made. So the first news we'll get into is the Dallas Cowboys. They have allowed right tackle Lael Collins to seek a trade. <sighs> I mean, it makes sense because Lael is kind of like Tyron Smith in this instance where he just cannot play a full season because he'll always end up injured with something. I love, I mean, I love Lael. I mean, he's he's been a solid, you know, edge presence for us when we've needed him. The only problem is he just cannot stay healthy, and he started and he's look and he started to show a lot of signs of regression, which I think ultimately has kind of triggered the front office to say, okay, hey, we're gonna try and let you find someone that'll trade for you, or we're gonna ultimately end up having to release you, which is most likely gonna be the case if they do not find a um, trade partner for him. So that is unfortunate. Uh, the next trade we have, and this is also and this is involving the Chicago Bears, like I was telling y'all earlier, the Chicago Bears are trading linebacker Khalil Mack. Yes, and you're probably like, okay, the, ch the you know, the Bears are going to get 500 picks, a couple players, and you know, a couple late round picks, right? Uh, not exactly. So they're trading Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers in exchange for a second round pick in this year's draft and a sixth round pick in next year's draft. <laughs> uh Chicago, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. I mean, I wouldn't say this is shocking because I know they wanted to move on from Khalil and his contract. And yes, this will save them about thirty to forty million over the next couple of years in cap space. So it made sense financially why they're doing it. But you got practically nothing in return. You, I mean, I I bet there was probably teams out there that would have given you two second round picks. You know what I mean? Carson Wentz got two third-round picks. Now, yes, the commanders are very desperate at the quarterback position and were practically, you know, trigger-happy to get a quarterback, but an all-pro linebacker like Khalil Mack, who is so dominant on the edge, I mean, you can't... It's not something you find every day, especially in a second- and sixth-round pick. So the fact that Ryan Pace... Why does... I'm so sorry. I'm so used to saying Ryan Pace is the Bears GM because we all know how bad he <laughs> he was in Chicago. But just the front office of Chicago Bears actually allowed Khalil Mack to leave for just a second and sixth round pick after they gave up what I think it was two first round picks and a couple late round picks to get him from the from the Raiders a couple seasons ago back in I think it was 2018. So 
it's it made sense why they wanted to move on from Khalil Mack because of his contract, but it didn't make sense the return they got for him. But this just made the Chargers, I mean, just that edge rush with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you go against that. I mean, I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do to be able to counter that. I mean, that's like having Miles Garrett and healthy Jadavion Clowney on both sides of the edge. I mean, that's just unstoppable. <laughs> so, but now the next trade we have, and this is involving the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns. And this is also another reason why Cleveland is okay with moving on from Jarvis Landry. The Dallas Cowboys have traded a star wide receiver, Amari Cooper, to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth and sixth round pick. <sighs> oh. Man, I wish we could have worked this out with Amari. Um, there was a lot of reports this weekend that were talking about how Amari Cooper and the Cowboys were working on kind of refreshing and reworking, you know, their relationship with each other to hopefully keep Amari in Dallas because we all know Amari wanted to stay in Dallas. Amari didn't want to leave Dallas. Dallas just never utilized him the right way, and it kind of ultimately forced his exit from the Cowboys. Because, I mean, considering they gave up a first-round pick and a couple late-round picks to get him from the Raiders once again, you know, a couple years ago back in 2019, I thought they would at least get a, you know, third, second-round pick maybe for him. I didn't expect them to get a lot considering that the Cowboys were probably going to release him either way. So a lot of teams are probably like, eh, we'll just offer this and see if, you know, they snap at it. And, of course, Jerry snapped at it, and they traded him for a fifth and sixth-round pick. And also to add on to that, the Cowboys also sent a fifth-round pick along with Amari Cooper. So we're practically just getting a sixth-round pick. Oh, man. I, for a guy like Amari that we traded a first-round pick, I think a third-round pick, and something else for him to get him from the Raiders, and we just got straight finessed by the Browns who needed a true starting receiver. Because Jarvis, unfortunately, never will fill the role as a starting receiver no matter what you want to do it as. Because I've always looked at him more as a slot receiver. Because he's, he is. He's, he's, a, he's a true slot receiver that can play any position you want. But as we all know, Amari Cooper is a is a wide receiver one in this league. So great trade for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they didn't have to give up anything to get him. I mean, practically nothing. So great for them. This will really see if Baker is worth you know signing to a long-term contract next offseason. Because that's kind of what they're trying to figure out. And obviously, with Amari Cooper now, he has no excuse for saying he does not have a top-tier wide receiver. Now, the next news we have before we do get into the breaking, and I mean <laughs> breaking news, um, Joe Buck. Now, as you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they've both been together on Fox for forever. I can't even tell you how long it's been. As we all know, Troy Aikman left Fox to go join the ESPN Monday Night Football staff and will be one of the um, lead broadcasters. Now, it's being reported that Joe Buck will also be leaving um, Fox and will be joining Troy Aikman on the ESPN Monday Night Football staff. Personally, I don't I don't majorly like Joe Buck. I mean, I'm sorry if you like Joe Buck. I'm not trying to be rude. I just... You gotta get someone like Gus Johnson who brings more excitement because Troy Aikman's a good announcer don't get me wrong but you got to bring guys like Gus Johnson you know Boomer I mean you got to just do some something like that that brings spice to that because you know what when, when Joe Buck calls a game you're practically half asleep listening to his commentary because it's so monotoned and so just no emotion in it 
that you're kind of just it's like it's like when you, when you're thinking in your head about a game and you're kind of commentating to yourself. It's like you're doing that. And that's literally what it's like when Joe Buck commentates. So I guess it's good. I mean, it's this is huge for ESPN and Monday Night Football because it gives them a lot more guys with a lot more credibility and experience in broadcasting and that have brought a lot of success to Fox and attention to Fox, but I definitely think they had a lot better options. Now for the final news, guys, and this has literally happened 10 minutes before I started making today's episode. Tom Brady is coming back. Tom Brady announced via his Instagram that he will be returning for his 23rd NFL season. And this is two months after he had retired back in January. Um, This doesn't really surprise me. And I know a lot of people are like, what? What do you mean? Why are you not surprised he's coming back? He did an interview with a um a show on ESPN. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember what what show it was, but he was just talking about how much he missed being able to be on the field with his teammates, having the same routine, the feel of game day, being with the fans. And I mean, you could tell he was sad. Like he didn't seem like Tom Brady. He didn't seem like the you know or the 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 Tampa Brady, the Tampa Brady. He didn't seem to have that same energy, you know, as we all found Tom Brady has now that he is in um, Tampa Bay. So. He's announced that he also will be returning to the Buccaneers considering that he, you know, he still is under contract with the team, I think, for this year and the 2023 season. So we definitely might be getting two more years of Brady until he runs out of this contract fully because we all know Bruce Arians was not going to trade Tom Brady to another team, which probably bummer to them. But this is huge for the Buccaneers considering that they had so many questions when it came to who they're going to target at the quarterback position. They were looking at guys like Baker Mayfield, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota. You know, they're kind of exploring the market. Yes, they have Kyle Trask, but I don't think Kyle Trask, in my opinion, is ready yet. So now that they're going to be getting Tom Brady back for at least another season minimum, this will definitely be good for Kyle Trask to kind of fill that Jimmy Garoppolo role for the Buccaneers that the Patriots never got because obviously they traded Jimmy G to the 49ers. So this is huge. I mean, this this is huge. Not really shocking for me. It is shocking for the world. But Tom Brady is officially unretiring and pulling a Michael Jordan and will be coming back to the NFL next season. (laughs) Guys, I hope y'all are enjoying the podcast so far. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit lengthy because we also do have some MLB news. And, guys, I am so excited because we are finally, everything's starting to kind of just uncrumble and starting to uncover itself. So, guys, let's get into the MLB side of today's episode. So, it is official. The MLB and MLBPA have agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement. Now, they have set opening opening day to be on April 7th, which will be on a Thursday. So, we'll still have opening day on a Thursday. It'll just be a couple weeks behind. Those first two weeks that they did cancel will still remain canceled. But we do have baseball back. Spring training is coming up this this month and a little bit in April. So it is so good. I mean, this was when they announced that <laughs> they agreed to a CBA. This was like right after people were talking about how it was practically not going to happen. Everyone was like, there's no way they're going to agree to it now. We're going to have to wait until May. And I think I said it on Friday's episode. I'm like, we're going to have to wait until May till we even get baseball. Like, there's no way they're going to agree on a new CBA before the deadline. But they shocked us. It it was a unanimous vote by all owners. They agreed to the new CBA, and we will have baseball on April 7th. This is so huge. I am so happy that we're able to finally get back to 
regularity, I guess, in the MLB world, and we won't have to worry about another lockout for hopefully another five years, and hopefully then it won't be another instance like this. Now, guys, the fact that we have the CBA back and the fact that MLB is back as a whole and the lockout has ended means we've got free agency in Major League Baseball. So let's cover some of the signings that we've gotten so far in this young free agency period. Um, the San Francisco Giants, they have signed a left-handed pitcher, Carlos Rodon, to a two-year, $44 million deal. This is actually a steal for the Giants who are looking to continue to upgrade their rotation, even though it's already disgustingly good. So Giants, once again, are trying to win that NL, the NL um, West. Probably will again unless the Dodgers somehow end up getting Freddie Freeman, which is still very huge possibility. <laughs> and now the Dodgers are actually in our next news. Um, Clayton Kershaw and the Los Angeles Dodgers have agreed on a one-year deal to keep their ace pitcher back in L.A. I know the Rangers, which I wish he would have gone to Texas, were, were you know very much in the mixed form considering that Clayton is from the Texas area. So kind of a bummer for us as we do need a lot of starting uh, starting pitch rotation and we need a lot more just depth because our starting pitchers are not the greatest. <laughs> now, for the next news we have, it's regarding the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs have signed shortstop Andrelton Simmons to a one-year deal worth $4 million. It's kind of their way of saying, okay, Carlos Correa is not going to come to us. Trevor Story is not going to come to us. We're just going to get Andrelton Simmons, the career journeyman, and just settle for him this year. So that's really all this contract is. The next news we have, it's regarding the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox have signed right-handed pitcher Joe Kelly to a two-year deal. So, yes, the legend himself, Joe Kelly, will be going to the south side for two years. This is great because... We already know the Chicago White Sox still, even though they lost Carlos to San Francisco, they still have a great um, starting rotation, and now they just added a lot more depth to their relief rotation. So the next news we have, it's also regarding the south side. The Chicago White Sox have signed athletic second baseman Josh Harrison. Now, I personally love this signing by the White Sox, and it's probably because he's been overshadowed a little bit by Starling Marte as being that speedster, but Josh Harrison is a great, and I mean a great hitter. He will probably give you at least a 250 average minimum. I mean, he, he, I mean, and also not to mention he is fast as like heck. So great signing by the White Sox, getting a lot more depth to that starting lineup. Now the next news we have is regarding the Texas Rangers. Now this news kind of hurts me a little bit, but it was definitely needed needed to happen. The Texas Rangers have traded um, shortstop and kind of utility player Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to the Minnesota Twins in exchange for catcher Mitch Garver. Um, this is good because the Rangers, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jose Trevino, who have, who have actually talked to before, and um, Joa Haim, they're both solid catchers, don't get me wrong, but we have needed kind of an upgrade in an instance, or at, kind of for an example, we've needed definitely an upgrade at the catcher position. So getting a guy like Mitch Garver just completely upgraded that position. And the fact that we already had Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager playing, you know, the um, the six and four hole, we really had no use for Isaiah. So unfortunately, I mean, I really wish we kind of we could have put Isaiah at third base, but you know, we do need catchers. So great trade for both teams. Obviously, Minnesota is getting a great young shortstop in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and he'll definitely be with that team for. 
couple years to come. Now, the final MLB news we have, it's regarding the New York Mets. The New York Mets have, have acquired right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for a couple minor league pitchers. Now, the Mets currently are at about $290 million in their salary. So, they're paying $290 million this season in salary. But their starting rotation, just a few of the names now it consists of. <laughs> I mean, it is insane, this starting, this starting rotation for the New York Mets. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett. That's just three. That's just three. And then to finish it all off, they have Tyson Walker as their fifth. <laughs> Dude, the Mets are going to definitely be a team to watch out for. And their their owner already said that there's definitely they definitely should expect a lot more moves to continue to happen for the Mets. So it looks like he's wanting to continue to push, and I mean push, for the Mets to finally win a um a World Series ring. So. Guys, that is it for the MLB side of today's news. The final news we have, and it's kind of just me wanting to say congratulations, is to Greg Popovich, the long, the long-time San Antonio Spurs head coach, and obviously just a great human being, Greg Popovich. He has officially become the NBA's all-time winningest coach, which he did on Friday. He did it on Friday. I mean, it's just, I growing up, I always kind of idolized Greg because I played basketball from the age of five, and I always loved just watching the Spurs and the Heat play. And you kind of saw the underdog mentality that came with the Spurs because they weren't as big as the, they weren't as big as the Heat. They weren't as hyped up as the Heat. They had Kawhi. They had Tim Duncan. But, they, but those guys back then, obviously besides Tim Duncan, weren't really where they were at now. You know, having Tony Parker is just, I loved Greg Popovich and what he did with the players he had. Instead of begging for more and more, he worked with what he had, and he won championships with that. So congratulations to Greg Popovich on a fantastic career, and I, and obviously he's going to continue to rack up those wins. So, guys, I hope you all really did enjoy today's episode. I know it was a little bit lengthy. I know it probably started to get a little bit boring towards the end, but I had to make sure I gave you all all the news that has happened over this weekend, and I will probably be having to give y'all another 30 minute podcast on Wednesday because when free agency opens up for the NFL is definitely going to actually explode so guys make sure before you do head off make sure you do follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the cover seven with Mason Pierce podcast which is at cover seven with Mason Pierce link will be down in the description below as always guys I hope you all have a fantastic Monday and Tuesday I hope you all have a fantastic spring break and I will see y'all on Wednesday peace